Thanks for joining a couple of 90s kids. You're listening to Stuck in My Generation. All right, welcome back to Stuck in My Generation. That is what this shit is called, isn't it? That is. That's it. (laughs) I wasn't 100% sure. So anyways, we left you off. We're back again. Hicks is back. We probably won't do the back forth like how you doing today yeah you know i had a cold life is hard (laughs) pandemic sucks we live in a dream living the god yep live the dream so we won't bore (laughs) you with all that shit but me and hicks are back uh we we did our homework we listened to the beatles i never gave him much of a chance you gave him more of a chance than me but i've definitely given him a chance now you said you burned yourself out on it a little bit you dove in so hard yeah kind of um yeah i mean i just went straight through uh starting out the first album i actually did pretty much two rounds of it you know while i was tinkering around in the garage and stuff and yeah kind of kind of overdosed on it a little bit yeah i i could probably say the same but but where we i I took like a three or four day break maybe five in between recording episodes and listening to the beatles and and i did give like a four or five day break was enough for me to dive right back in and still be pretty impressed that being said like where let's start out with you like what do you do you have a point where you were listening to them that something grabbed you and was like okay okay i i i get it now like i get why the beatles are renowned and and pretty much credited as everyone in the world's fucking influence nirvana claims them the influence like i don't know kurt i'm not real sure i hear any beatles in your music but <laughs> yeah yeah uh you know i i think there was different stages different phases with the beatles you know i kind of uh, grew up on as i mentioned in the previous episode you know my mom always had music playing she was a huge beatles fan uh more of the uh boy band era you know the beginning yeah they were um, like the first boy band right like a lot of people call them the first boy band yeah and uh you know i went back and listened to a lot of those albums uh you know a lot of the stuff um it seemed like they were trying to drag the 50s sound into the 60s a little bit yeah uh, from well, my opinion that's where i was too uh, and it seems like uh you know, with the uh, by the time they came out with their second album uh, with the Beatles, you know, they had a lot of covers, and that was the thing to do back then. But the like the rollover Beethoven and the Please, Mister Postman, and stuff like that, you know, songs from earlier that was that were done right in the first place. Yeah, I they mean, were. It just sounds like a bunch of like a like a pool party, you know, a bunch of guys a cover band at a pool party type. It's not very believable. I mean, it just seems like it was put out to make money. Yeah, and that, that's why that's so, why I never I'm, gave I'm him not, a chance. I'm, yeah, yeah, and it's uh, you know the the whole I'm going to hold your hand stuff and uh, <laughs> yeah, that stuff. The boy band years I'm not a big fan of. You know, by the time they got to around '65, the the Help album, I think they were better established. I think and starting to find their I don't want to say finding their groove. But kind of, uh, it just, I started paying more attention around the Help album, probably. Uh, Ticket to Ride, Hide Your Love, 
Yesterday, which is a great song. Yeah. And, we, uh, and, and, and lo and behold, anyone listening, we do, what would you end up with? Top 10 or top 20? It was hard as fuck to just slim it down. It was very hard. I'll tell you what, I did uh, top five albums. I did top 10 songs and five honorable mentions. And it was so hard to get that yeah. locked in. I don't think I've even got it yet. Like I've got, I think I've got 16 or 17 that I'm trying to, to shuffle through and go top 10. I'm probably going to do it on the fly on this episode. Just, right. just yeah, just because. But I, I'm with you, kind of. Like, I, I did a playlist, ended up with 109 songs that I deemed I can't live without as far as the Beatles okay. go, which that's a fucking, that's a, that's a lot of songs, man. Like Nirvana, I've got like four, you know, right. there, there's just 109, like I'm going through these albums and when I hear a song that I just really like, I'm like, I'm throwing it into my, my Beatles playlist and I, the first couple albums between those first two, for the exact reasons you said, the poppy, the covers, the like high pitched boy voices with their guitars, like you nailed it, like trying to drag the 50s into the 60s. Like, yeah. I, I get why they were so popular. And I think it is because of that boy band aesthetic and, and the harmonies, of course. But those first couple albums, I have three of those 109 songs are in my playlist. So like the first couple albums, I'm just, this reinforces why I didn't give them a chance because I heard that style. Every time I saw anything about the Beatles, I heard something cover or early album. And I was like, that's just not for me. By the time we get to a hard day's night, that album is where I started getting, I started digging my toes in a little bit. Like I got a lot of songs off that album and then it kind of, it kind of went from there. I have probably three fourths of that album in this playlist. And then that kind of follows suit for a while. I have like three fourths of the next handful of albums. It's like, man, I like more songs. I like them all. I think. Yeah. Maybe not the first couple albums, but like when, once I hit a hard day's night, like I like almost everything from that point on for a while. And that, that shocked me. Like I was super surprised that I was into the Beatles that much. Yeah, I digress. So you, so you said help is when you started getting dug in, but yeah, so you, you dug in on help. I dug in on a hard day's night up into that point. Do you, do you remember, was there a song that you were just like, Oh shit. Okay. And that, that kind of fueled the listing. Was there a single song or was it just a, just the album in general? Um, I think, uh, I don't want to say the uh, help album in general. Um, you know, they covered, uh, I believe it was a cover. I recall Buck Owens doing Act Naturally. I want to say that he was the first first artist to uh, release that song. And the, the Beatles version, I mean, it's pure shit off the help album. I mean, it's just, I don't dig it. Uh, what was that? So, what did you say that song was called? Act Naturally. All I want to do is act now. Uh, yep. I don't have that on my playlist, thankfully. So it must have been. Yeah. But, and it took a lot for me to be like, I'm leaving this out. Like it took yeah. a lot for me to do that because I, you know, I got into him pretty hardcore through this. So, so apparently act naturally was shit to me as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I, uh, a big fan of the song yesterday from the help album. Yeah. That that's uh, in, uh, 
spoiler that that's in my top 17 that I'm trying to whittle down to 10. Like it's, yeah. it's in there. So that's, that's probably, uh, the beginning of my interest as far as their albums, I would say rubber soul was released the same year. Um, most half of these albums were released the same damn year it's like you're, you're right I mean, crazy. they they just pumped them out man between like 62 and 70 it's just like boom you know i was on a flight one time with a a guy i started talking to him he was flying from los angeles to i think phoenix and he was a, this is off subject but he was a uh he was a guitar tech in training and he was flying out to Arizona to uh, learn how to wind pickups, going to school for that. We started talking about music in a, little, a little bit. And uh, I mentioned one band, I don't recall who it was, but I mentioned, uh, you know, their first album was just unbelievable. You know, so good. Well, the time that the second album came out, you know, it was pure shit. Third album was even worse. And they just snowballed downhill from there. And, this guy said, well, you know, a lot of those bands, they've been touring and, and really focusing on that group of songs that goes on their first album for many, many years. And I thought, you know, that's a very good point. I never thought of that. Yeah, and you know, that would the, make sense. The money machine, you know, the big business wants to, you know, they, they get greedy and they want that second album, you know, right now. Yeah, and they, yeah, and they the, push them. They push them, and with the Beatles, you know, you get, like you said, a lot of the albums were released in the same year and they were good. Yeah. And I think that's part of what impresses me so much. Like the Beatles didn't have longevity. Like yeah. they, they had time working against them and I got 109 songs from less than a decade on my, on a playlist out of them. Like that's, that's when the shit becomes real to me. I'm like, okay, like I, I really missed out for over three decades and listening to a band that I've, I've, I've heard influences all throughout that eight year run or nine. I, I don't know the exact, but like I, I listened to Helter Skelter and I was like, and then I looked at the date it was released. And I looked at the date that Led Zeppelin started. I was like, there's no fucking way that Led Zeppelin didn't listen to this song before coming, before becoming a band. Like, yeah. like the Beatles start screeching on that song. Like, I was like, <laughs> yeah. like fucking Led Zeppelin ripped them off. Yeah. And then made that sound better off of that song. And maybe that's not even true. But to me, it sounded true. Like to me, I was like, that's, there's influence all over the place. Like I heard a song I don't recall right at the moment. But Billy Joe Armstrong, if he's not mm -hmm. a major Beatles fan, I don't know who else is. Like that, there's so many, many songs I heard that I'm like, dude, I've heard Billy Joe Armstrong do shit like this. Like, yeah. like just certain melodies and certain moments and certain, you know, guitar parts. I'm like, you start to realize that everyone really was influenced by this band. And when you hear sure. that poppy shit from like the first album or two, you're like, how the hell could a Led Zeppelin or a Nirvana yeah. or like how they, they're not influenced by this. They're full of shit. And then you yeah. listen, you listen to more and hear what they do. And you're like, okay, I, I get it now. Like there's, there's uh, a lot of it. I'm the same with you. You know, I heard Jack White in some of the albums. I thought, man, that sounds like a Jack White groove. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Jack White's done a shit ton of stuff that, that could sound like that. 
And, and this is, you know, if you, uh, if you've never gave the Beatles much of a thought, like I, I get it, but like, once you get into like the white album and revolver, like there's, there's some fucking rock in there. Like, I mean, they, oh, yeah. this band didn't just bop around. Like they rocked, like they rocked pretty yeah. damn hard sometimes. And, and some of the shit they threw together, you know, minus the Indian music, I didn't, I, there's, I didn't really get into a lot of the, like yeah. the sprinkling, like, I was like, yeah, yeah. they were on some drugs. Some oh, they were on some drugs. Real, yeah. And it's real uh, good stuff. It's like I said, there's different stages, you know, they had the boy band stage and the under the influence stage and the political stage and the spiritual, you know, just, uh, you know, their music followed what, how they felt at the time. And, yeah. Yeah. And they, and they, I mean, if there's no better definition in music of, of, a of a group evolving, like you, you just, yeah. you hear it. And I think yeah. that's why a hard day's night, like I heard an uptick in the, in the grunginess of their sound on that album. Like it, they, it was like, okay, they're not boys anymore. You know, these, yeah. these guys are, they're men now. And yeah. Even though, even though, even though they put that album out like the year after their first album or something, seven months later or some bullshit like that, like you, you hear it, you hear the maturity in it. And it's, it's kind of crazy to take that journey from start to finish. I was kind of, yeah, I was blown away. Yeah. Like blown, blown the fuck away. And, I, and I'm just looking at my list of favorites. I'm like, dude, I like, I don't know how to get, I don't know how to, to pick through these. There's so many damn good songs. And yeah, I was, I was trying to lock in the top three and I fudged it. Um, top three songs. And I thought, man, this time next week, this top three is going to be different, you know, just because it's just so much, just so much. Yeah. And it really would take like, I mean, I think we spent a, a fair amount and an ample amount of time on it, but how long, how long would it take you to, to actually sift through and figure out that top 10? Like, I, I think I would need to listen to 20 or 30 songs for like a week to really nail down what my top 10. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't think yeah. I could do it any other way. Like I got yeah. a clear outline of what my favorite top three or four probably are, but I don't know it for sure. Like, yeah, that's the same a, way with me. Not a hundred percent sure if it'd be my top three or not. So what, without going through all of it, what, what should we talk about? Should we go top, top couple albums, top three or four songs, and then get into the rest later? Or, or I, I'm just, I'm staring at these songs and I'm just, I want to fucking listen to them. I don't even want to talk about them. I'm like, God damn, I want to hear that right now. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going through some notes here, you know, um, I'll, you do top 10. I'll say I, I I'll say off the bat my favorite song and it probably has a lot to do with my wife because whenever I decided to give the Beatles a chance it was because me and her were up in this studio that I'm in now uh-huh. and uh, it was a kid free night so we, we were just having a, a leisure night and we have there's yeah. you know we can watch a movie here there's a couch over there at the time and we listened to Abbey Road and yeah. I was a little bit inebriated so. I heard that and I was like, holy shit. It's like, this is, this yeah. is, this is good stuff. Like, this is really good stuff. And and I think because of the moment and because of my wife, the song, I want you, she's so heavy is my favorite song. It just, the ambience of it and the oh. guitar lead in, it's just, it, it kind of blows me away. Like that's, 
not only one of my favorite Beatles songs, it might be one of my favorite songs ever. And for me to discover that by diving into this, it makes me pretty happy. Like I don't have to listen to Slipknot with my kid anymore. I can listen to the Beatles. (laughs) That's a, that's a really good album. You know, uh, actually, uh, I think I have two songs, at least two songs from Abbey Road. Uh, and my top 10 come together. It's a good one. Come together is in my top 10. I don't have it on uh-huh. mine, but I, but it would, it would be at the back. It would be in the 20. If I went from 17 to 20, it would probably be in there. Yeah. And I have, uh, here comes the sun from Abbey road. Top 10. Good one. I don't have and, it in mine yeah. either, but it is, it's, but it's on my playlist. So it's like, sure, yeah, which that makes it better. The fact that I don't have the exact ones, but I've got She's So Heavy, Eleanor Rigsby off Revolver. Man, that's good. It's a good song, man. It's, that's, it tells a story. Yeah, and that's that's part of what makes this band, that's like, I'm giving them their due now because it's a story. Like, there's not storytellers anymore. I mean, it's not to go right back to a band I just mentioned, but now now the songs are about fucking someone's neck wound. You know, it's not about, it's not about Eleanor Rigsby. It's about cutting over your neck and fucking the wound. I guess it's a different level. I'm getting too old for that shit. I need to listen to Eleanor Rigsby. Eleanor Rigsby, man, it, uh, it draws you in. It's, uh, definitely an interesting song. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'll go through my top 10. And like I said, this, this would probably change if I went through everything again tomorrow. Man, my probably my number one song, and it'll, it'll probably stay, but it's Blackbird that's from the a White good, Album. Damn good one. Damn that's, good one. Yeah. yeah. And then I have uh, Come Together, like I said, from Abbey Road, In My Life from Rubber Soul. I feel like, did I have In My Life? I don't, but it's on my playlist. Okay. Sergeant Pepper. On my playlist, not not in my top ten. And this is kind of uh, weird, but the first twenty seconds of the song "Lovely Rita" from Sergeant Pepper. It's a it's a really good clip, and then I'm sure that it's Paul comes in singing, and uh, this song just just the first twenty seconds of it, man, I just really dig it. Yeah. Um, another top ten, "A Day in the Life" from Sergeant Pepper. I have Dear Prudence from the White Album. I think I already mentioned Here Comes the Sun, Get Back. Get get back, get back is in my top 17. Okay. Then I have Hide Your Love Away from the Help Album. That's a good one, That's too. T- I, I, I almost put that one in there, and I, as gets tough. That's a good one, Oh, too. yeah. Yeah, and as far as honorable mentions, Yesterday from Help. Yep. While my guitar gently weeps from the White Album, yeah, that's in my top ten. Which, of course, we know Clapton played have, guitar uh, in that one. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Helter Skelter minus the uh, Manson vibes around that song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's good. That's that's a good one as well. And I, and I have a good I have a good story about the Helter Skelter song. Man, I I had a, a neighbor friend who was a skater kid and. He moved here from Colorado, and he was a big influence on uh, 
introducing different music into my life. You know, I had no idea this is pre-internet. You know, I had no idea that these bands existed. And yep. he really turned me on to a lot of stuff. And his dad was a preacher. And I remember, you know, his dad was pretty open-minded, pretty cool dude. But I remember, you know, we would be in uh, my buddy's basement blasting music and it would be like corny stuff. You know, we just went through everything, but he'd play, I'm just using this as an example, like Slayer. And then it would be like G.G. Allen and the Murder Junkies. Oh, God, G.G. Allen. And his, his dad wouldn't say a word. But as soon as Helder Skelder came on, turn that shit off right now because of the affiliation with i'm assuming the manson stuff yeah which i don't know a whole lot about but it's i don't you know we were, listening to, we were listening to all this crazy music but as soon as helder skelter came on unplug that shit right now or i'm gonna, <laughs> gonna throw your bed out in the alley or turn something it off like devil boy <laughs> yeah yeah that always thought, huh, that's, listen that's to something kind of wholesome up. like fucking a neck wound turn helder skelter off <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. So that oh, must shit. have must have really impacted that generation somehow. You know, I I don't know too much about it or really even care to know about it. But yeah, me neither. That that's but I that's have, wives stuff. Wives watch investigative discovery and people getting yeah. eaten and murdered. Like that's not for me. That's that's for my wife. Like she that's what makes her feel good in the morning, not me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I also had to uh, carry the weight from the Abbey Road album. I love that whole album. Yeah. So I get, I think the whole album's in my playlist, honestly. So Man. I'm with you yeah. on a lot of those. And that was really hard to dial in that small group out of all the songs. I mean, there's just so much stuff. There's but. a ton. Now, now, granted, there's some easy, easy omissions too. Like those first couple albums, um, Yellow Submarine, I don't even count as a whole album, but I don't, I don't think I have. For the record, I fucking hate the song Yellow Submarine. Like, I, yeah. I I wish to God that would have never got made, which granted, I know that's off of Revolver, I think, and then got used in the movie. But I hate that song. And, and there were some songs that I I, would, I, I gladly left out of there. But uh, I, I spoke of I Want You, She's So Heavy. That's probably my favorite. Eleanor Rigsby, yeah. right behind. Uh, Back in the USSR is a badass song, in my opinion. Yeah. Love that one. Glass Onion is in my top five, probably. That one, I got hooked on Glass Onion. I think that's on the White Album. That's that's a good one. I've got While My Guitar Gently Weeps right there with you. Uh, Things We Said Today is sure. on my top ten. I'll Be Back is on my top ten. Something. It's just called Something. I can't remember I know what, what album that was on. That's in there. Yeah. Uh, the song Help I Love. Uh, yeah. no reply is on there. And then I, I guess I'll call these honorable mentions since I got too many damn songs in here. Uh, but I got a feeling was in contention for my top 10. Okay. Drive my car was in contention for my top 10. We both had get back on the list. Norwegian, uh -huh. Norwegian wood was, man, in, that's a good song. That was in, in consideration might be in there if I went back and, and listened to all of it. And then I've got girl, which fucking one word yeah. songs sexy yeah. sadie sexy sadie turns me on yeah, that song, yeah that song gets my motor going so that's yeah. in there and then me and you cracked up about the tax man i've got that in there too like that's 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 a fun song that's a fun song and i hate the tax man 
No, I hate the tax man too. Like he, he can, he can just go straight to Helder Skelter with, you know, Manson and Corey Taylor and all those guys. The tax man hates me as well. Yeah. He don't like me either, but, <laughs> but, it, but the song definitely, definitely up there. And that, that was hard. That was so hard to get like Blackbird. I'm not, I'm honestly not sure why I didn't even write that down because it should probably be in there. Uh, yeah. Sergeant Pepper would probably be, you know, if I was making a definitive list, it would probably go in there. And I think I know what you're talking about with lovely Rita in the 20 some seconds. Like there's a lot of that. There's a lot of songs. that's like, and that's one thing I'll say too. There's a lot of songs where they start and I'm like, okay, this has potential to be my top 10. And then fucking Ringo will start singing or something. I'll be like, no, I'm good. Oh yeah. No, I'm good. Yeah. And I love her. You know, I love Ringo and there's a couple songs that he sings on that, that are really good, but for the most part, you know, as far as, the pure singing goes, I think Paul's my dude on that. Oh yeah. Probably him. Yeah, and I'll tell you with a, I was going to say, you know, with a, a lot of albums that I listen to, like I know out of habit within the first six, seven seconds, if I'm going to like the song or not. And with the Beatles, I really have to force myself to, I hesitate because I don't know what to expect well, yeah. before I hit next. Yeah. Just like, just yeah. like you mentioned, it, 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 it can, it can go, it's a 50, 50, like you might get halfway through the song and be like, what the fuck are they doing now? Like, what, is, what is this? Why, why, what? Like, this sounds like something written by a shaman. Like what, what's going on? And then, and then, you know, it start out nice and slow and then it gets a little wild and trippy and, and you, you start digging it the second half of the song. It's, it's something. I mean, I, for example, you're talking about the stages and you got like the boy band era and, and then, and then they drift into more rock and they start smoking pot. I watched on a documentary, like the whole time they filmed help, they were just stoned every single second of that movie. Yeah. Like every second of it. And you can tell because the music starts getting real good, you know, exactly. and, it, and, it, and it stays that way for quite a while. And then, and then I run into a couple places where I, I don't have a lot of songs on my playlist and that's the magical mystery tour. Not really one yeah. of my favorite albums. You know, it's, it's a little too, little too experimental, little too much acid. Just wasn't yeah. really feeling it. That, that and yellow submarine, I could almost live. I, I would be fine without those albums, but Abbey road and revolver and the white album and rubber soul. Like I, those, those. I don't think I could do without those ones. Oh yeah. 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 I had, uh, actually in my notes, I had the, uh, if I were responsible to shoot a Beatles album up into space to represent all mankind, <laughs> which album would it be? And I'm interested to see what you would say as well, but I thought the white album, I think the white album, even yeah. though I love Abbey road and it's, it's got like some sentimental value. Like the white album is probably one, it's like 30, 40 songs long, which is just nuts, right. but yeah. there's just so many moments. There's so many moments. Happiness is a warm gun is something I hated to leave out of my top 17, 20, oh, yeah. you know, that's, there's just so many songs that push some blackbird is on there. And, uh, yeah. you know, birthday is a fun ass song, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, it's, there's so many songs on there that just do do something they've never done 
And it, yeah. it, that's probably what I would shoot into space too. I'd want somebody to hear that, especially considering yeah, it's could, got a ton to choose from. If you could only choose one album, uh, the uh, if you were forced in a cave before the boulder was rolled in front of the cave opening and locked you in, what would the one album be? Do you think? Pro- probably the white album again, just because I know I've got 30, 30 40 songs, and I'm and I'm going to be able to to listen to that a lot longer, more than likely, and and maybe the the bottom ten tracks of that album that maybe I wouldn't have thrown in a list or on, you know. My, my playlist, so to speak, like they might grow on me if I have that much time to listen to them. So again, I would hate to be without Abbey road. I would hate to be without revolver. Cause I think those yeah. two plus the white album would be my three favorites, but yeah, give me the white album. If I couldn't hear glass onion again, God damn it. Eleanor Rigsby too. Why couldn't Eleanor Rigsby be on the white album? <laughs> yeah. Like that's, yeah. but yeah, probably the white album. Yeah. minus minus the crazy revolution song that's just a ton of noise yeah but if i had if yeah. i had if i had some weed or acid with me in the cave though then that one that might rise up the ranks yeah i actually chose uh there's some corny songs on it uh i actually chose this sergeant pepper as my one and only album if i were forced to choose one just because for the most part i can listen to it all the way through uh for the most part, there's a few corny songs in there, but well, and you said you bought that one was one of your was first second, albums, right? Yeah, the second uh, CD I ever bought, um, just because it was different than the boy band Beatles that I kind of grew up on, and it uh, sounded a little bit, you know, rebellious, and that kind of interested me a little bit. And you know, I'm not a big fan of horns in music. You know, there's only a few bands that can pull that off. Uh, the Beatles can pull it off. Uh, the Stones pulled it off. But, you know, the uh, I don't want to go into, you know, the, the Bruce Springsteen songs with the horns and stuff. Man, yeah, it gets getting a little too 80s. You know, 80, 80s horns don't work. 70s horns don't work a lot. 60s horns can work. That was like a that was like a saxophone and a muscle shirt. It was like they had to go together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like uh, up next is the Beatles featuring Kenny G. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Maybe but, Slipknot uh, should try that too. Slipknot might need to try some saxophone. Yeah, they should. But you know, as far as the so-called uh, British invasion, you know, I'm uh, if I I stated before love the Beatles. I'm more of a Stones fan if I had to choose one or the two. Uh, but it's almost like if each band was a weapon, the Beatles would be a, like a polished sword and the Stones would be a club. You know, they're both going to kill your ass. Yeah. But they're each their own, yeah. you know. Yeah, the know. Stones probably are a little more blunt force trauma than quick kill. Yeah, yeah. So, I yeah. mean, you know, the so, Beatles, you know, they... It, going to get the job done it's going to be nice nice and clean but the stones, yeah. the stones is going to get messy when you get killed with that blunt off. yeah i mean you can talk to you can talk beatles talk with your sweet little grandma who you know wants you to fill your plate up and then you can talk stones with your drunk uncle who smells like a pirate and has good stories <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know so it's just uh pretty accurate yeah but uh yeah and it's I don't know. There's just there's just so much, man, and 
I, I want to say that their last studio album was Let It Be. It, yeah, it was. And, and and I didn't I didn't love that one. Like there's songs I that I do really like, but as a whole on that album, I I don't love it. I plan on giving it more time because I will admit the first and last album are, are the they got the least amount of my time going through this. Like I didn't really give them as much time as I gave some of those great albums in the middle. So, I mean, let it be, let it be. He's got some great moments. Did you watch the, <clears throat> the rooftop performance, like their last performance together? Basically they were on top of that roof. And I want to say, I saw them perform, get back, I think on the rooftop, but I haven't seen any of the other, um, performances uh, from that. Uh, and I'm a big fan of the, the get back song. But man, that guitar sound drives me nuts. If I'm not mistaken, the the solo, it's almost like a guitar, an electric guitar with a tone turned all the way down and the volume halfway. It's just kind of a, it needs a little bit more of a punch. And I think, oh my gosh, it's not that I could have done it better. And I respect it, but just that guitar sound just really didn't flow with that song. Yeah. I, th- I think they did do that on the rooftop and they did, I need to pull up that playlist, but that, that rooftop performance, which was, you know, I think there was a handful of, of songs off, let it be on that one. That, that was awesome. Like I I've watched that a couple times and it was, it was really damn good, but I don't love the let it be album. Yeah. Yeah. My notes say it's an okay album. Yeah. It, yeah. It's solid. It's just, I mean, it's well known too, that that was when they were, is like the beginning of the end. I think they were filming, they were not filming. They were recording that one, uh, at the same time as, as they were recording. What was the one before? Like Abbey road. I think some, you know, Abbey I think road. those, those albums intertwined a bit, but they played, don't let me down on the rooftop. That was really good. Okay. Yeah. Really good performance of that. But, but yeah, I, I feel like let it be was maybe rushed, maybe, unfinished i don't know the whole story i'm pretty excited to watch the the peter jackson documentary i think it's oh, yeah. just called get back did you watch the, yeah. pre- the preview of that yeah it looks fucking yeah. good i mean it looks, it looks really good. good and me and, and me it. and the wife watched uh the ron howard one about christmas time i think that was eight days a week the touring years and that was okay. that was amazing i mean there's a lot of okay. footage a lot of footage that got converted from black and white to color and there was there was a shit ton of footage, and it was just it was yeah. it was magical. And now yeah. this, you know, that's another thing I love about getting into the Beatles now too. It's like you if you want to play historian and go back on not just the music but on the videos and and the, the just the TV appearances, you can start out and watch all that Ed Sullivan stuff and like the Beatlemania period where the girls were passing out, all that good yeah. black and white stuff. Like that's all you know, feel good. You don't, I don't love the music, but I love the story. Like watching them become the biggest band that ever lived on the face of the earth. You, you can see that in some documentaries and then you can switch gears and watch the touring years and see all, all the stuff from help and eight days a week. And and you you know, all that. And now we're going to get the end of the story. Like Peter Jackson's going to do the get back thing. And and, and that's going to be all about the last couple years. It's like, you know, you get to see it all just as time goes on. And I guess that get back 
documentary has a couple hundred hours of never before seen footage like that. That's I'm pumped about that. Like that's how much this little journey with the Beatles has just changed music for me a little bit. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to that get back documentary more than any movie I know about. Now, did you watch the George Harrison documentaries? The recent? No, I don't even know about them. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'll send you that information on those. Cause man, it is good. It's, See, yeah, uh, that's, that's something too, man. That's, there's so much good stuff to be had. I mean, George Harrison had a killer solo career. Yeah. And so did John Lennon. So did Paul McCartney. So did Ringo for that matter. It's like, they didn't stop, you know, they kept cranking it out. Got my mindset on you. <laughs> Just kept pumping it out. You ever seen that video? <laughs> Fuck yeah, I have. This doesn't have like moving animals uh, that are all Oh yeah. I can't it, even that. It's, it's 80s through and through. Like it's. That was the, that was the cocaine years. Oh yeah. That's, that's good coke times. years. Good, yeah. Good times. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. another, that's another thing too. Like <clears throat> I didn't know, I didn't know some of the, I knew about John Lennon, you know, I didn't know how George Harrison died. I wasn't a Beatles fan until last, you know, handful of weeks. Wasn't a fan at all. And like, yeah. then it's like George Harrison. I asked my wife, I was like, what happened to George? She's like lung cancer. I was like, well, makes a lot of sense because in that eight days a week documentary, they fucking smoke from the time they wake up till the time they go to bed. They're just pounding cigs, <laughs> fucking pounding them. Oh yeah. It's like, God dang, well, man, do they stop? Do they ever stop smoking cigarettes? I think back then doctors used to prescribe them, so. Did they? No, I don't know. They I must. I mean, it, it fucking, it fucking looks life. that way. Fucking yeah, Paul be yeah. like, Doc, I have a coffee. They like, smoke a pack. <laughs> yeah. Hair of the dog. That'll fix it. Oh, yeah. But I'll tell you what, the George Harrison documentary, it's two parts. It's probably two hours, at least two hours each. After watching that. I declare George Harrison is my favorite Beatle. Man. Yeah, we talked about this leading into leading into this episode, who our favorite Beatle is. And Yeah, if I had to go with one, I'd go George mostly. Man. Because of I tell you what, I've watched a lot of interviews, mostly with John Lennon, mostly with George Harrison. Uh the way George Harrison responded to questions. I thought, man, I like this dude. You know, he, he was seemed really humble, and and within a documentary, without giving too much away, the the diverse group of friends that he had. You know, he was uh, buddies with a professional race car driver. He was like an indie car driver, and just you know, I thought, why would a guitar player? You know, I mean, they were just he just made friends with a lot of different people, and it's uh, I don't give too much away. Once yeah, you watch I, I it. definitely want to watch it because I because I just you you get in that mode and it's like I want to soak up anything I can really about all of them. Like I, I was listening before I even started listening to the Beatles. You know when we decided to start doing this podcast, I was listening to an episode of Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, like that podcast. Okay. And I think yeah. I think he was talking to Al Franken. Okay, and, uh, they they were talking about some of their times on SNL because Conan was a writer on SNL. Yeah. And he said that Al Franken was just like being a total dick because I guess he was pretty much over the writers at that time. And he was just coming out of his office and yelling. And he, and Conan said he kept interrupting George Harrison because George dropped by the set of SNL 
and there happened to be a grand baby piano in the writer's room. And like, they're all sitting around listening to George Harrison, basically give them an in-house fucking mini concert on piano. And Conan was like, you just, you wouldn't believe what we got to hear. He's like, it was George Harrison playing piano in our writer's room. And Al Franken kept coming out and be like, turn that shit down. Like you get pissed off that they weren't writing because they were listening to George Harrison play music. And he's like, I'm just trying to have a good time. And it's like, <laughs> I, I, I soak that yeah. up. Like I soaked Isn't all that, that shit soccer? up. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta know more about every one of them, but I, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Paul McCartney for the time being. Sure. Just be just because I like the voice. He's credited with credited with a shit ton of the, the songwriting. But but I but I did also there are things that, that bother me too. Like I, I read something about George Harrison saying he couldn't be in a band with him anymore because like you know, you'd have to listen to a hundred of Paul McCartney's written songs before he'd listen to one of George Harrison's. And it's like that that's kinda that kinda sucks because yeah. George Harrison was a badass. Like if I could transfer oh, yeah. a song over into my top five, my sweet Lord by George Harrison would slide right in there, man. That's on my, uh, I've got that on my phone. That's a good song. It's a real good song. And that, and that's just yeah. the little bit of time that I've given George Harrison. Like I listened to that album, that song came on. I was like, God dang, man. Like he's like you, you start to see, I don't know who to credit the shit with, man, because Paul McCartney will do solo stuff. George Harrison does solo stuff. You know, John's solo stuff, it's like you hear, you just hear, you hear so much of what they did as a group in their solo stuff. It's like, who the hell was responsible for, yeah. for this music? And the answer is all of them. Like the answer is yeah. all of them. And that's, that that's hard to, that's hard to recognize in a band. Like, I wouldn't say all of Nirvana's were, so I don't know what the fuck Chris Novoselic ever did, you know? Like, he played <laughs> yeah. bass, you know, and, and Dave Grohl beat the shit out of the drums, but Dave Grohl didn't start writing songs until, you know, Foo Fighters. So it's like, right. you know, Kurt was responsible for a shit ton of that. And, like, the Beatles, like, you, they were all responsible. They all sang some. They all played different instruments. They just fucking, it might be the most talented band of all time. Probably is. Yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. I'll tell you uh, uh, another little side story. Uh, speaking of SNL, we actually visited the visited the SNL studio that would at be NBC. Awesome. And I tell you what, man, it was the weirdest thing. Uh, we took a, a tour of the building. There were three miscellaneous studios. Uh, depending on what was going on, we were able to go and visit. And it was on a Sunday morning. And uh, the first one was, uh, uh, I, I don't watch much news, um, uh, a news studio. I can't think of the guy's name. And, you know, we didn't know until we got there. And, you know, I crossed my fingers. Let's go, please, SNL. So next stop, SNL. It's, I expected this humongous warehouse-like factory. And it's a tiny little shithole in the middle of a skyscraper and there's three stages one where the host walks out one where the skits are and it was almost like a, a, a rotating like on a turntable where they could be 
I mean, there were there were two by fours laying around everywhere. I mean, there were just OSHA violations everywhere. They didn't give a shit. <laughs> they just trash everywhere that you couldn't see from the camera. Then they had the area where the musicians performed, the artists performed, and I thought, this is my, this is my church. Yeah, this is my, all the people that have stood here, and of course we weren't allowed to take any pictures. Because yeah. nobody wants nobody wants to see the the shit laying around. Nobody wants to see the two by fours laying around and the you know rats running around. I mean, it was really a shithole, and uh, you know old wooden seats and every light fixture that you could imagine was hanging from the ceiling. I mean, just thousands of different light fixtures. But I thought, oh my gosh, all the artists that walked through here. I mean, I just, I just wanted to stay there and just just the energy and that makes me feel even better knowing that George Harrison was there playing on the piano yeah. a little bit in that area and just man yeah. it just gives chills being there you yeah. know so that's part of my I marked that off my bucket list I, I can't imagine myself personally visiting a more musical I mean there are but a more musical area than a yeah. you know, location See, now I want to go because I never even thought about it that way. Like, I didn't, I didn't know that. I figured, same as you, I figured it'd be, you know, walking into Hollywood royalty, even though it's in New York. Like, you know, it's, you imagine it's a nice place. So hearing it's shithole is kind of nice because, you know, I, I got this nice uh, little audio set up. But this, this, this place I'm in is a shithole. There's boxes <laughs> over there. There's, I mean, I, I got to clean this place up. Something terrible. But yeah, you put the camera in the right place and the shit don't matter. If there's a camera in the right place, yeah. So, yep. yeah, that's. I it. mean, I'm sure porn's got two by fours laying all around the place too. <laughs> you probably get away from the casting couch, and there's probably like, you know, fucking seesaws over there with circular saws on them and all kinds of crazy shit. Oh yeah. Just yeah. don't don't put the camera by the circular saw. Put it on Jenna's <laughs> vagina. So I guess the cameraman really has the most important job out of all of it. I mean, yeah. If, if it looks like that inside, absolutely. I don't want to say, I I take that back. I don't want to say it's a shithole, but it was not like a. Well, compared to what you were expecting. Yeah. But, you know, I see it on TV and I'm like, you know, they show the clock. You know, I could have threw a penny and hit the clock that they always show starting the show out and stuff. Zoom out from that. And I'm surprised you didn't see uh, Keenan Thompson. I don't think that motherfucker ever leaves that place. (laughs) I think he lives there. I think he does too. <laughs> He's probably got him a nice, nice little tent bed out of two by fours and tarps. So he just crashes there. Since we strayed off, something crazy like me and my wife yeah. were having a conversation about SNL because we were just talking and mm-hmm. somehow Keenan came up. We're like, how long has that dude been there? And we look and he's been how there like 18 years and he's the longest tenured SNL cast member ever. Really? Keenan Thompson. And, and, and she kind of laughs. She's like, I really like him. She's like, you know, she's like, I respect what he does. I was like, I like him too. I was like, I don't yeah. think he's that funny, but I like yeah. him. Like he's a likable part of that. And she's like, she's like, apparently his career just never took off. He just, you know, SNL's just all he does. I'm like, well, let's find out. Cause anytime we talk about anyone, you know, it's like IMDB time, you know? So we pull oh, up yeah. IMDB. Keenan Thompson has done as many projects as Brad fucking Pitt. Really? Yeah, you just don't know about it because like there's a shit ton of voiceover and a shit ton of like cameos and small parts in a shit ton of movies. Like that dude's ultra successful, but you yeah. wouldn't know it because he's not in you know World War Z or whatever. So 
Yeah, I yeah. Was, I was like, damn, man, Keenan Thompson does a lot. And I didn't know. Tell I you thought what, it was just SNL. Yeah, with his uh, long run on SNL, I thought, man, that dude's got some shit on the boss, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of which, that's why George Harrison was there. I guess him and Lauren were going out to dinner. And Lauren was running late, so he just hopped on the fucking keys and started playing music for Conan and the gang. How could you be late meeting George Harrison for dinner? Of course, it's New York City traffic. Lord, Lauren Michaels, he probably can give two fucks. He's like, you'll fucking wait, George, or else. And he's like, oh, <laughs> I'm a nice guy. I'll hang around. I'm not going to dinner with you. You're going to dinner with me. That's pal. right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's it's good stuff. It make, It just makes me want to know everything about everything and then fuck we're sitting around with this quarantine shit anyways i probably learned more about music and and film in the last year than i had the previous 10 yeah good well i'll tell you whenever you reached out to me uh regarding listening to the beatles the first thing i thought was good i was happy yeah you know, I, I was glad that you were turned on to them never would have guessed it i never well, no, would have no expected one would. it I mean, that's just, you know, especially growing up in a small town, like there's probably still people that I'm acquaintances with be like, oh yeah, Barker, yeah, big tool fan. <laughs> you know, that's pretty much, you don't get associated with a lot when you don't give uh, other stuff a chance. But, but yeah, I mean, that's over the years, I'm, I'm sure you can relate. We start mellowing out a little bit, you know, it's not all fucking balls to the wall, oh, yeah. heavy music. And I, and I've always had a soft spot for I, I always cherry picked softer music. Like I've always loved Fiona Apple. I've seen Jewel in sure. concert. I, uh, okay. you know, I, I, there was a few acoustic bands that were just real chill that I wanted to see in my late teens and early twenties. Like that potential for, for more traditional rock has always been there, but it's just a matter of getting to a point where you, you, you need something new that, that might be old and marrying a, a wife who, grew up with a hippie dad who loves mm -hmm. the Beatles. My father-in-law's mm -hmm. a massive Beatles fan, massive fan of all that music from the sixties. Yeah. Just being around her and, and hearing her talk about some of this stuff. I'm like, man, like my wife's a cool chick. Like she's cool as shit. So if she likes this, eh, there's gotta be something in it for me. And yeah. I'd like lo and behold. Yeah, there is. I mean, to a point where we started talking about music on the first episode, you know, we, we grew up in the Nirvana era. We grew up in, you know, some of the eighties era too. It, when you just look at the, the platter of, of things you can get from the helping off the Nirvana table, it's really small, you know? And then the same goes for a lot of those bands, Alice in Chains. I love them, but it's really small. Uh, Pearl Jam, the longevity's not there. They don't have like, they don't have a shit ton of good albums. They have two or three good albums and then they really started veering into, you know, their own thing, which is fine. I still like it. It's good. Not my favorite band of all time, but if someone was like, who do you think is deserving of being one of the greatest bands in, in rock history? Nirvana gets in there because of what they did and changed the landscape. And you could probably toss a few grunge bands in there just for fun. But like when you get down right. to the brass tacks of it, you're, you're not going to beat some of these bands that set the stage for these guys. You know, you're, right. you're not going to find pure rock music better than the stones and the Beatles and who knows who else that we come across that, you know, we might find another, might find a band that we deem in the conversation for one of the best of all time. Like, yeah, growing up in the nineties grunge, 
nine inch nail shit, all that. It's great. It's a huge part of my upbringing. I still love most of it, but it's like you get to a point and you recognize that's all good and great, but they're not responsible for, for some of the greatest music that ever come out. Right. I mean, who the hell came, who, who, who came from Nirvana puddle of mud creed nickelback post grunge like that shit yeah. that shit sucks man like post grunge is garbage but without the, yeah but without the beatles without the stones would we even have any of the good grunge stuff or any of the surprisingly good music from the 80s the, the small percentage of it you know what what would we have if we didn't have this to go back on and, and learn about and figure out like yep the beatles are responsible for 90 percent of the fucking rock music out there as are the stones and so on and so forth. Like Led Zeppelin, a bunch of the heavier rock that came out. Surely Led Zeppelin's got a hand to play in it. You know, that's what they grew up listening to. They, you know, Led Zeppelin set the stage for the next level as far as like getting it a little dirtier, getting it a little heavier. And like, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard to think of the bands you grew up with the same way after you listen to the Beatles and come up with 109 songs that you can't live without. Right. It's crazy. Right. And it's with the with the early pioneers who uh, really uh, laid the tracks. Uh, you know, some of the what influenced them. You know, it's uh, you know it had to start somewhere. Yeah. You know, and that's what's intriguing to me. You know, I, you know, with like Sergeant Pepper, I don't know how many other bands were you know playing music like that, or you know, and I think that album was kind of created from them being bored and probably tired from touring and yeah kind of like an alter ego type band or something or album i think i heard as much on one of the documentaries was like they were kind of sick of just the constant not even be able to walk into a show without almost getting crushed by the fans it's like you know what let's pretend we're a different band we'll call it sergeant pepper and the lonely hearts club band like you know you would it's it's just it's like one of the first concept albums to to ever be made and that's that's pretty damn important when it comes to music it's oh yeah like you said they they were inspired by some 50s stuff but they just they expanded on it like they changed they changed it along the way and i don't know i don't know who else was doing that yeah i don't either i mean i don't know if the beatles would be as legendary as they are if they didn't do some of this stuff first I'm throwing this out there. This is coming out of nowhere. I wonder which Beetle has the most kids. I know nothing about that. I don't know a don't damn get... thing about that. I don't know how many any of them have. I don't either. I just know of the Danny Man. Harrison, Julian Lennon. Yeah. But yeah, That's you, all I know. You'd think there's got to be a bunch out there they don't know about. That's what I was going to say, uh, man. I you mean, know, those early boy band years. Yeah, I mean that's that's a, that's a different level of orgy if they want to have them. I mean, you you got thousands of girls crushing you. You could have thousands of girls to crush right back in the hotel room after the. <laughs> not to get vulgar or anything, but it's like, yeah, how many? How many? Oh man, how are they still alive? Two of them. Oh yeah. How are two of them still alive? I should say, but. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's got to be kids out there that. I have no idea that they're the son of a beetle or a daughter of a beetle. Although you think a girl back then would be proud and just shout it to the heavens like, this is George Harrison's kid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd suck having just a 
shit job, you know, and uh, I don't want to, I don't want to say anything 7, in particular, but 7-Eleven, maybe not or then it's 7-Eleven or something. Yeah, you know, respect the, to uh, anyone that works, but I know, you know, exactly that, right. And, then and your just, dad's Paul McCartney and you don't even know it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he comes in and you fucking give him a slushy and they just lock eyes for a minute. Like dude looks familiar. <laughs> yeah. Paul walks on out. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's, it's hard to tell. But yeah, that's, uh, I mean, this, this is, it became so serious for me. I've, I've spiraled out into, to other things. Oh, fuck tool reference. Oh, spiral it out. But, <laughs> yeah. but like, you know, I started listening to Paul McCartney's solo stuff. Like whenever yeah. I met my father-in-laws, he's always got that access. Is that what it is? It's like a music channel. Or, I don't even know, but I don't know. I, I swear to God, Ringo's on stage. Every time I go to the house, like Ringo <laughs> singing something on this cable music channel. As a live just, show from Branson, Missouri. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> He's got like John Fogarty with him and, you know, it's a, just a bunch of people. And, uh, and I, did I, hear, I, I stop and watch it now. So, yeah, I did hear, I went down like a, uh, YouTube rabbit hole with Paul McCartney interviews and he was talking about, uh, when he performed with Michael Jackson. I saw that too. Did you? Yeah. Did you hear about uh, when Michael Jackson purchased the uh, rights to the music? Yeah, like I remember Michael Jackson telling him directly he was going to do it, and Paul McCartney laughed it off like, oh, yeah, he's okay. Like, he's like, no, I'm going to buy your library, Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, like, just fucking around. And Michael's yeah. like, no, really, Paul, I bought it. Yeah, but come to find oh, out, my. I think like... <laughs> I think Paul and Yoko owned 49% of the rights. And of course the big business machine owned a 51%. Well, it was supposedly going to go up for auction and Yoko thought that they could get it. I think it was like a proposal of 15 million to buy the rights. Yoko's like, no, 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 no. We can get it for 10 Paul. So they set back. I think Michael bought it. Don't quote me on it. But I, it I like, think you're right. It's like 50 million or some shit like that. Michael put it right next to his elephant man skeleton and, <laughs> yeah. you know, cigarette smoking monkey and, you know, just probably collected dust or, you know, I don't know how that shit works. But. More than likely. Wonder, I mean, but where to go after Michael passed? Apple. I don't know. I always yeah. heard, uh, I always heard that that was Steve Jobs' dying wish was to, acquire the Beatles catalog. I don't know if that's true. That's not I think, fact. I, I think I've heard that too, though. And that's something else. I, I don't quite understand that. I, I just haven't done enough research, but I see all these artists now, like Bob Dylan just sold his entire catalog. Really? So like, I don't quite get it. It's just, just the rights to the music. I mean, is it that simple? Is it just, it's, I don't understand it. I don't understand stock. I don't understand the rights to music. You know, I mean, yeah. it's just things that are, beyond my understanding i you know if i owned it well, why wouldn't you just keep it you know yeah well I, I guess the argument for the you know the artists like bob dylan that sold their stuff off is like uh, a you're aging out i mean you're getting pretty damn yeah. old we don't know i mean 2020 took a lot of folks away from us so it's hard to tell what 2021 is going to do but you know they're not making yeah. money touring they're not making money making albums because you know bands and artists don't make money making albums anymore they only make money touring for the most part Pand yeah. pandemic shuts that down we don't know when that's going to end so i'm guessing some of these artists i think stevie nicks was another one that was getting ready to sell all hers which fleetwood max another story too i've recently yeah some stuff i didn't think i'd ever get into but fleetwood max some good shit too 
But, Put it uh, on the list. Huh? Put it on the list. Put it on the list. Did, did you ever <laughs> yeah. get, did you give them much of a chance at any point or no? Just the, just the highlights, just the hits. Some good stuff. But yeah. Yeah, I bet. But yeah, it's like, they, they don't know how much longer they got and they're not making music or money touring. So why not cash in? I guess I would probably do it too. You know, yeah. I, I'll cash out. I'll cash out this podcast and we'll each get a couple dollars each. Like just cash it out. You know, <laughs> two, two for you, two for me, fucking McDouble and, and maybe, maybe a large Coke. If we, if we find some change. Yeah. That's uh, I don't know. I, I can't wait to do more. I almost feel like we, we started at the pinnacle, like went straight for the Beatles. And it's like, are we, you know, what are we going to get excited about from here? Like what, what on this list, which again, anybody that listens by all means, like you can email me Hicks. If you want to give me your email address, you can do that. But by, you know, alkaline J Barker at Gmail. Like if you think there's a, a, a band or an artist that is truly responsible for something great, I want to know about it. You know, I want to give it a sure. chance. Finally did it with the Beatles and it's, it's one of the best things I've done in a long time. Cause you know, I, I've just, I, I got to the point to where I didn't know what the hell to listen to at all. So this has kind of rekindled, you know, my interest and I'm sure we'll get to a Megan the stallion episode eventually, but you know, I started listening, <laughs> yeah. I started listening to the female, the fee, you know, the female rap game of 2020 and shit and like enjoying that more than rehashing stuff I grew up with. And I'm like, I guess I have to get into new music somehow and thank God for Megan the stallion. Uh, like I, I love that chick, but thank God I went back and listened to the Beatles. Cause you know, it gives me something to look forward to. I got a long drive, you know, half hour drive to work. So that gives me some time. And sure. uh, yeah, I'm pumped about listening to some of these other bands. Fuck. Who knows? Maybe solo careers. I don't know. It's hard to tell what we'll get into, but so we've went through, we've kind of put queen on the list, David Bowie, the who, Steve Miller band reluctantly the stones deep purple Fleetwood Mac. I think the stones are the natural next step. Aren't they like to, I, I believe so. I think so too. Cause I mean, that's, you know, you talked about the British invasion and the two biggest faces of that was the Beatles and the stones and funny story. I think the episode's still out there. I did a podcast a while back ago and you could actually just search for the title of the podcast, but me and my buddy, Neil, we we spent an hour talking about the greatest American rock band of all time. You know how fucking hard that is. Like, oh, I bet there are none. Like, yeah. like, like, legitimately, there are none. Like, you've got ACDCs in the conversation for fuck's sake. You know, yeah, I mean, they're not American. Huh? No, they're, they're not, not American. American right? My my bad. See that? See that proves my point. There's nothing. You know, it's like <laughs> I think okay. I th maybe it was Aerosmith and God, I don't even know. It's fucking pathetic though. Like yeah, it is. Would, to like try to stack up the top couple best American bands of all time against the stones and the Beatles and Led Zeppelin. And I mean, it goes on and on there. The, the American bands, there just isn't anything. I, I'd say it'll take us a minute to get to an American band. If I had to guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I've never really thought of that. I mean, I think I came to the conclusion, and this is just me, because again, if you go through the whole discography, the Foo Fighters for me are way up there. And that's surprising. Yeah. Like, that's surprising for people to hear. But there's yeah. a shit ton of really good rock. 
According to Ranker, the best American rock band of all time is Creedence. Creedence Clearwater Revival. Yeah. And, and, I, and I like Creedence a lot. Tom, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers is three. Aerosmith is four. That, that's what you're dealing with when, you're, when you compare the British invasion with, with American, great American rock history. See, it's just like you said, man. You get the you get the Beatles, you get the Stones, you get Led Zeppelin. Man, that's in a whole different tier, in my opinion, versus Tom Petty, rest in peace. You know, that's a different yeah. category, in my opinion. Yeah, you know? and no disrespect so, to him, like Tom Petty's a exactly. badass. You know, exactly. But yeah, when 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 you have to start debating whether it's Aerosmith or Credence, I don't I don't know what to say on that. You know, man, Credence. Like, yeah, and and I like. Again, I like Credence, but nowhere near some of the bands we're going to spend the first couple of handful of episodes talking about. Prince and the Revolution is like 11. Journey is 13. Like, it's just getting scary. Journey. I'm waiting to see ICP on this list coming in at like 35. <laughs> scary as hell. Foo Fighters are at least on it at 21, but then you get into Pearl Jam and Kiss. Kiss sucked. Is there a, uh, should we ever bother with that? Man, I grew up with a couple brothers and they were diehard kiss fans. How and why? Oh my gosh, you guys, you know, I heard like three songs and, and that was enough for me to know that I do not like this music. I don't even think they knew how to play their instruments. Right. I don't think they did either. That's a, that's another fun thing. Like I mentioned it last time, I'll, I'll throw this last one out there before you have any closing words before we end it, but I hate to keep promoting a podcast, but I have a lot of fun listening to the, the podcast. Your favorite band sucks. Sure. Because these two guys just rip apart every fucking band. They actually think the Beatles suck, which is laughable, but I, yeah. I, I get it. They don't like it, whatever that, you know, that it's part of the fun is hearing them talk so much shit, but, yeah. but you also get actual good information from it. And they were talking about like kiss kiss did not blow up until they released a live album. Like really, they could not sell their studio albums. I, I guess the producers that made those studio albums are on record as saying that those albums are pure fucking garbage. Like the band can't play their instruments. They don't know what they're doing. Then they stuck them in some face paint and, and did a live album. And all of a sudden kiss blows up. Yeah. And it's like, well, I, I always figured that the makeup was to compensate for their lack of ability. Yeah. And that's funny. That uh, reminds me. I'm going to go off the rails again just for a minute. My son and I actually, this is funny, ran into Alice Cooper, speaking of makeup, ran into Alice Cooper at a Macy's <laughs> in West Virginia at Christmas. What? He was uh, actually performing the next day after looking into it. He was Christmas shopping in Macy's, had an assistant with him. Oh my God, dude, that makeup that he, the years of makeup, you know, I don't know much about Alice Cooper music and stuff. I don't either, but I'm going to write him on the list. Man, it, the world dude, he had some uh, super nice guy, you know. Everyone says that. Picture. Super nice guy. And I hear he does a lot of stuff as far as yeah, community and rehab and shit and stuff like that. Yeah, but it's uh man, he just looks so tired. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, yeah he probably is. Yeah. I mean it's 
He's probably exhausted. That guy's oh, yeah. what, what? What is Alice? Is Alice Cooper in his seventies yet? I'd say every bit of it. Yeah, yeah. And then you see Paul McCartney and like looks pretty damn good for his age. And Ringo, oh, yeah. Ringo, was- Ringo looks my age. You know, like <laughs> I pray to yeah. God I look like Ringo when I'm in my seventies, man. Oh no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Look, all, all those peace and love shirts just keep him fresh. You know, he's, he's <laughs> happy looking dude. Yeah, no worries. That's the Man. sad part, though, about getting into the Beatles and getting into some of these bands. Now I'm going to be upset as hell when they die. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be upset as hell. My wife, we watched, uh, we talked about last time, but, you know, the the Sound City documentary where Paul McCartney sure. plays with the Foo Fighters. Like, when Paul McCartney enters the screen on the TV unannounced, my wife just starts bawling. I'm like, yeah. damn, when he passes, she's going to be a mess for a while. Oh yeah, <sighs> and I might I might be too. Who knows? Set in stone. Uh, now now we're going on a we're going on a, a deep stones kick. First thing I'm in ready. the morning, I'm gonna I'm gonna fire up the stones. First album all the way through the last. I have a feeling I'll be able to come up with the top ten easier, but maybe maybe not. I don't know. Uh, you yeah. you've listened to a good bit. Is there a bunch of really good stones music out there that no this that aren't part of the hits? Yeah, I think so. Um, I hate to go into much detail right now. I want to save it for the next episode, but you know, it's the it's like with all the other good bands, it's the uh, drug years. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, <laughs> Keith Richards did drugs? I think he, he did just a little bit. I don't think. I think one of, one of my favorite quotes of his was. I don't have problems with drugs. I have problems with the police. (laughs) 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 Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, That that should, that should make for some good times. My wife will be thrilled too, because she, she loves Mick Jagger. Like she loves our children. So yeah. Yeah. So that'd be good times, but yeah. So, you know, if you're enjoying it, come back for the next one. We're going to deep dive into the stones and who knows, Alice Cooper may sneak his way in there. You know, droopy face and all at some point. I've never listened to a single. I think that I think the only time I have willingly listened to Alice Cooper was watching Wayne's World. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's he the only all, time. Uh, that's right. I forgot about that scene. He went uh, like really highly intelligent or something. Some oh, type yeah. of really broke off on some type of uh, explanation and really blew everybody away. Yeah, but Wayne and Garth look old- at each other like what? Yeah, yeah. Makes, makes uh, me want to watch those. Yeah, the uh, probably, and I think Alice Cooper. I used to play it on Ethan's last day of the school year, with schools out for summer. Yep. Pretty sure that's a Alice Cooper song. It is. Yeah. Playing that, but yep. That uh, that and the Frankenstein song is the only thing I know. Frankenstein. That's what I was thinking. I. I kind of get him confused a little bit with the zappa stuff me too which, and that's shit here we go put zappa on the list because i don't know shit about zappa i don't either and you mentioned it through a, a message you know session we were having I, I didn't write it down but now i got it yeah like my guitar's gonna kill your mama or something like that like <laughs> yeah something like that i don't know and i was always afraid of zappa you know i just didn't want it to be uh bunch of artsy noise you know yeah yeah that's you know i i want i want actual i want to hear some actual rock music that attributed to all the rock music that i knew beforehand that's that's really 
And then when we run, you know, when we run out of that, it's like, all right, you know, uh, millennials, what, what's up next for us at some yeah. point? And they'll be like, oh, you got to listen to, to Mac Miller. And I'll be like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> Fuck. Do I really have to? No, you don't. Well, it depends on how far the podcast goes. We just might. <laughs> we just yeah. might. We might get into the parts where we're like, now, which Lil did we listen to last week? Was it Lil Chucky or Lil Baby or Lil Beaver? I can't remember. We'll, we'll go uh, alphabetically uh, ignoring Lil and starting with the A. That's probably a pretty good idea. A Z. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think there's a Lil that I like. Yet. Well, Lil Nos is fun, but I just like him because he's, he's super sweet and sings his little... His, uh, oh fuck, Old Town Road at like schools and all the kids are jumping. I'm like, all right, yeah. I like that guy. I like there's him. one, there's only one little, uh, Lil Wayne. Never really yeah. listened to him. That's, uh, I think the Carter Three album. Uh, I wore that out. That's one of the few albums that I can listen to from beginning until end. Huh. So I'm, I'm a, I'm gonna end up having to do it. Yeah, yeah, try that out. Before we go, if there's anything else you want to bide your time by, you may already listen, I don't know. But but if you're in the mood for, for some good rap, fucking Joiner Lucas is a bad man. Don't even know who that is. Really, really good. And and, and generically, I found out about him in the most generic way possible. Like the Eminem album, Kamikaze. Mm-hmm. There was a there was a song called Lucky You on that album and it was kind of a kind of a big hit but Joyner Lucas was on that song with him and I was like god who is this guy and then I start listening to his music and it's like it, you haven't seen the song I'm not racist and it's like a kind of a story back and forth between a, a white guy and Joyner Lucas and the whole song's just basically <laughs> explaining why you know they seem racist but they're not it, it it's he's a storyteller too like big time okay. storyteller so I like that. Yeah, might might dive in some Joiner Lucas. Uh, when, when you need a break from the Stones, you might find that you really like it. So sure, and I'm sure. end up listening to the Carter Three now just because I've never yeah. listened to a single Lil Wayne album. Only yeah, thing I, yeah. if somebody's like, give me lyrics from a Lil Wayne album, I'd be like, well, take a well, drop it on your fucking head. That's all I know. <laughs> That's all I know. Because I yeah. heard it once and I was like, this is garbage. What the fuck yeah. is this? And it was yeah. like, that's Lil Wayne. I'm like, Lil Wayne sucks. Yeah. But maybe he doesn't. I need to give it a chance. Yeah. He's got a lot of trash out there, a lot of, a lot of stuff. But, man, I'm happy. Uh, like I said earlier, I'm glad you got turned on to the Beatles. I'm happy for you. Oh, I'm glad. Fully, fully turned on to the Beatles. Now I can actually have a conversation with my wife about them, and, and that makes her happy too. So on to the next page in the notebook. It'll be the Stones. So we'll be back in a week or two or three or whenever we get done listening to the Stones. And, and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy that if you enjoyed this one. So we will see you guys soon. See ya. Peace. Thank you for listening to Stuck in My Generation. Again, if you want to suggest bands for us to listen to, send it over to stuckinmygeneration at gmail.com. 